are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Tuesday, January 5th, and as it is a Tuesday, it is our State of the Program episode. And for one final time, looking back on this Big Ten football season, we check in with one of the member institutions around this glorious conference, and we have to check in with Indiana football. It was a disappointing end to the season, suffering a loss in the Outback Bowl, a 4-5 and five Ole Miss team. However, we need to understand and sum up what this year means for Indiana football, Tom Allen, in the future in Bloomington. So we are very pleased to be joined by our Indiana football expert. It is Jack Grossman back on the podcast. He's the host of the Crimson Coverage podcast covering all things IU for ESPN Louisville. And we need his insight here, especially as our IU football insider on what this season means to Indiana football and the outlook looking forward. So, Jack, pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone. I'm glad Indiana's still welcome after, you know, yelling and moaning about the Big Ten for the last few weeks to a month or so. But yeah, they couldn't back it up on the field on Saturday, but it is what it is. I'm willing to let bygones be bygones about, I agree. about Indiana versus the Big Ten. Jack, <laughs> Not trying to behalf, make it up full Nebraska. <laughs> on behalf of the Big Ten Conference, I will let that pass, the whole patch controversy. We don't really need to delve into that. What we do need to dive into, though, was IU's performance in the Outback Bowl. Inexplicably, like I mentioned, suffering a loss to Ole Miss. It was almost deja vu from last season, falling to an SEC team, trying to cap off the year with a big ball win. But IU coming up short this past Saturday against the running Rebels. So what are fans around Indiana football feeling right now after suffering that loss this past Saturday? A lot of depression. <laughs> I mean, there's no way around. I mean, yes, it's back-to-back losses and the SEC opponents in bowl games and Florida bowl games to the bigger bowl games IU has ever been in. But don't get me wrong, these are two very, very different losses. Against Tennessee, I mean, it's not like the Volunteers were great last year, but you felt like it was a team that you were pretty even to, a, a team that you could beat, you could lose to, anything could happen in that game. And then, yes, Indiana should have won the game, but they blew it at the end. They choked in the last four or five minutes. This time, you're 6-1, and one, you're top 11, top top 10, considering what poll you're looking at in the country. You're playing a 4-5 and five team, first-year head coach. They're playing without – two-thirds of their passing, receiving yardage in, offensively in the game. They're the worst defense in the FBS. And you just and, – and, and let's say you, you talk the talk and walk – you talk the talk with the Big Ten stuff and the CFP, the disrespect, for two and a half, three weeks, and they couldn't back it up. They fell flat on their face. There's no way to get around it. I mean, you, I, mean I thought this one and a half with the whole patch controversy and he had to put the Outback Bowl patch with the Big Ten logo and the LEO on the helmets of the Big Ten – Logo, I'm like, that's fine, that's funny, whatever. You know what makes an actual statement to the Big Ten, to the college football playoff, who I thought screwed Indiana over a lot more than the Big Ten did? Going out and beating a 4-5 and five team from the SEC by three touchdowns. That's the statement that you can make there. That That's how you make a statement. It wouldn't be a statement that would be heard very well because everyone would just poo-poo it away saying, oh, you're beating a 4-5 and five SEC team. But that's, that's the statement you have to make. Instead, Indiana scored less points against – that atrocious Ole Miss defense, then 0-9 Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. then 2-9 South Carolina, to 5-6 and six Kentucky. I mean, I mean, it was just a complete no-show on both sides of the ball, but I do think, as we'll get into a little bit more, that the offensive end is really where Indiana lost the game. 
in my mind, the X's and O's of that game was just feed Stevie Scott your absolute bell cow of a running back and let him just bowl over Ole Miss defenders. And he did when he was given the opportunity, even in the in the Wildcat formation. But still, it just was a very inexplicable day on Saturday. Didn't seem to make a lot of sense. The defense that had been so good for IU all year was obviously going to give up some chunk plays and some yardage against that Ole Miss team, that fire with the best in the country when it comes to throwing the ball all across the yard. But it was difficult to watch as an Indiana fan, as an Indiana supporter like myself, as a guy who ranted about the fact the CFP committee screwed over the Hoosiers, ranking them 11th, not putting them in a New Year's Six game. When you add that context in, Jack, how disappointing was the performance we saw out of the Hoosiers on Saturday? Oh, incredibly disappointing. The number one disappointing thing I think that Tom Allen will point to is the fact that Indiana played in another bowl game and lost another bowl game. And the fact that bowl games, I'm with you, I think they're largely meaningless. There's very few times where you take a regular bowl game and say that means a lot for a program. Tom Allen's made it a point since he's became the head coach that that one of his three biggest goals where he put the numbers up on the chalkboard, he loves to talk about this quote, said 10, 10 years since a winning season, 27 since a bowl game, now that's up to 30. And I think it was 56 since the last Big Ten title in uh, 67, 68, whatever that number's at now. Those were the three things he wanted to cross up, cross off. And you had a golden opportunity to cross off number two on that list. It gets a really, let's face it, bad old Miss team. Yes. The Lane train is something. I, I think Lane Gibbons is a really good coach. I think he's one of the best play callers in the country. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game because even without Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa, I said, I trust Lane Kiffin, even against Indiana's defense, to find ways to score some points. That's what they did. They weren't spectacular. Indiana held Ole Miss to their second-lowest scoring total on the season. So when people rip on the defense, like, yes, they didn't force any turnovers for the first time all year. Yes, they gave up a bunch of yards. Yes, they gave up some bad, timely third-down plays. But at the end of the day, if you would have told me beforehand 26 points against Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, I'd say you are winning that game nine times out of the ten. But for the bigger picture of things, it just kind of throws back everything that Indiana and its fans and media – I mean, I've been trying to fight this also of, – of trying to fight the perception of Indiana should be treated – with relatively the same footing as an Iowa State or an Oklahoma or a Florida that lost three games and or four games if you got the bowl embarrassment that right. they had. But for me, it just makes it that much harder for Indiana to try to change that stigma, to change the how people feel about the program when you have decades upon decades upon decades of losing. When you have one in, incredible season backed up uh, – after a really great season where Indiana went eight and five, you're building something. The Ole Miss game doesn't change that, but it does take a step back and makes it even harder to try to build into that national perception where if you don't have that, you're not going to a major bowl game and you're not going to the college football playoff. There's just no way to get around it. That's how college football is. Is it right? No, but that's where Indiana's at right now. They aren't. Go- they have to earn everything they can. They have to go. If the committee says says you have to jump six feet, Indiana has to jump 10 feet just to have a chance. And that's just how it is. Ohio State can jump four feet and still get in. Indiana has to jump 10 feet. As we learned this year in the 2020 college football season, that perception is truly reality. And two enlightened minds like you and I, Jack Roseman, we look at that game and we say, listen, the loss in the Outback Bowl doesn't mean that much for Indiana in the long-term scheme of things. However, other people look at that and say, see, this is what we were talking about. See, this is why Indiana didn't really do anything this year. This is why they discredited everything IU was able to accomplish. So it does knock them back a little bit. But as we look at the big picture of what Tom Allen is building in Bloomington, it is back-to-back winning seasons for the 
first time for Indiana football since the early 90s. So as you look back on the entirety of the 2020 Big Ten football season for the Indiana Hoosiers, how do you sum it up? Oh, it's a smashing success. I mean, any year, Mike, you can say, well, Michigan wasn't that good. Penn State wasn't that good. If you were to tell any IU fan in any year that in football, you're going to beat Penn State, Michigan, at Michigan State, and Wisconsin in the same football season, you're going to say, I don't care if we lose every other game. I don't care if Ohio State beats us 68 to nothing. That's a great season for Indiana football. I mean, and there's no way to get around it. Indiana did something they have quite literally never done before beat those four teams in the same season and come within a touchdown of Ohio State, who is rightfully playing for the college football playoff team. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to slight Ohio State, but they do get the benefit of the doubt. But they should they should be in the playoff this year. They, right. they, you know, they should have been in the Big Ten title game. It, it, they played Indiana on the field and, and beat Indiana. That means, yes, you fell one game below the arbitrary number of six games that the Big Ten set. But at the end of the day, the only other team you put in, you already be on the field. So I'm fine with them putting it. Sorry for the quick side, but I needed to get that out there, there for a minute. But for Indiana, it's it still goes down as probably the best season IU's had since the Rose Bowl year. And I think that's what makes the Outback Bowl hurt that much more for Indiana's program and its fans. The fact that, yes, you did all those great things, but at the end of the day, you still lost to a 4-5 and five team in your bowl game and affordable. And what would have been people poo-pooed the Outback Bowl a lot. That probably would be the biggest bowl game I use ever won because they haven't won a Rose Bowl. They won a Holiday Bowl back in 79. But other than that, there's not much there. <laughs> there's just not. So this season's still going to be, mem- be remembered really great. The Penix reach against Penn State is the all-time number one IU football moment. It's like people still talk about the Watford shot basketball-wise and it annoys the thing <laughs> out of Kentucky fans, which is great. But be like the Penix reach for the pylon should be played more than the Watford shot is. I mean, that is the greatest moment, I would argue, that Indiana football has ever had. And, then, and losing to Ole Miss doesn't take that away. Penn State going, what was it, four and four, four and five, after that doesn't take that away. At the end of the day, 10 years from now, people remember Michael Penix reaching for the pylon to beat number eight Penn State and being the breakthrough moment that Tom Allen and that program has been waiting for to where next year, I'm not saying they're going to beat all four of those teams again, but – you have something to look back on and say Indiana has proof that they can go out and beat a Penn State or a Michigan. They open at Iowa or even at Ohio State. They are going to believe that they're going to win every game that they play next year. And it's easy to say it, but it's easier when you have proof that you can actually beat those teams. So on this State of the Program episode with our Indiana football expert, Jack Grossman, we are looking back at the 2020 Big Ten football season. But here in 2021, there is still one final college football game to be played. So are we ready for some football? The answer is, of course, yes, because college football has one final game, the national championship game in just six days between our Big Ten team, Ohio State and Alabama. The NFL regular season is also over. Super Wild Card weekend comes up both this Saturday and Sunday, and there is only one play that has you covered for all of it in one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That place is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. Tons of NFL games, also college basketball on betonline.ag. One Big Ten basketball game tonight, Rutgers and Michigan State in East Lansing at the Breslin Center. That game is a pick'em. Rutgers... 
probably should be favored, even on the road. Regardless, a pick according to our friends at betonline.ag at the moment. It is also the night of the Heisman Trophy. It seems Devontae Smith will be the winner. And according to our friends at betonline.ag, those odds are very much in his favor. One to 15. Devontae Smith as the favorite for the Heisman Trophy winner, 1-15. to 15. Next closest, Mac Jones at 9-2. to two. He also has the best odds to finish second at 1-2. to 1-15, to though, for Devontae Smith to come home as the Heisman winner tonight. That is very impressive, and those are all courtesy of our good friends at betonline.ag. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action right now. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So today is Tuesday, our State of the Program episode. But coming up on tomorrow's episode, we react to the Heisman Trophy winner, which will most likely be a member of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And we get some SEC perspective and an early look ahead to the national championship game from the champions of the SEC, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and our champions from the Big Ten, the Ohio State Buckeyes. One final college football game in the year 2021, and thankfully 2020 itself is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins and some more cash in your pocket. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, make sure to listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA locks all winter long. So when it's cold outside, get hot with your picks for all the sports when you subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Bets keeping you locked and loaded. We keep you locked and loaded with the pulse of the Big Ten Conference and the pulse of Indiana football on our State of the Program episode. So speaking with our guy, Jack Grossman, the Indiana football expert here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, you talked about the future, so let's dive into that conversation a little bit more. Tom Allen has won back-to-back winning seasons for Indiana football now for the first time since the early 90s, as we discussed. Do you think this is sustainable as the Hoosiers look forward for the next three to five years in Big Ten competition? Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be tough when you're in the Big Ten East because, you know, Maryland's getting better, Rutgers is getting better, Michigan State, you got to figure – is going to get better eventually. So the toughest thing is can't, where do you find games within your own division that you can win? And Indiana hasn't done themselves, themselves any favors on cards. So while they have a home and home with Cincinnati starting next year, the Bearcats come to Bloomington. And then from, and then right once that ends, they have a three game series of Louisville, which I, for one, am looking forward to because I've never seen those two teams play on a football field before, but but I think that'll be a lot of fun. Louisville has a, has a good program. Scott Satterfield, that he's staying in Louisville. That, that, that could be a really interesting series as well. So Indiana Tom Allen's not doing themselves any favors to where they get three cupcake easy wins. So you just have to look at where do the wins come from. You get your two non-conference wins. You figure you got to win that third non-conference game, and then you got to beat Purdue. And you got to find a way to get a couple more wins. And I think Indiana's at a point talent-wise where they're ahead of Maryland. They are ahead of Rutgers, even though those, and they are ahead of Michigan. Even though those three schools are getting better, 
those are teams that Indiana should be expecting to beat every year right now, those three and Purdue, to where at the bare minimum, you feel like Indiana should be seven and five plus the other crossover opponent next year. It's Iowa. That's not going to help you at all, <laughs> at all. But but in a year that you could get an Illinois or a Minnesota or heck, if Northwestern's not going to be 10 and two or whatever the heck they, they are, or what you are, video could do that, get it be a baseline seven and five, eight and four program and do that for five or six years. Tom Allen will get a statue because that's never been done before, other than maybe the Mallory era in Bloomington, to where that will be viewed as widely su- successful. However, next year specifically, they bring back almost everyone. I mean, you figure Michael Bennett Jr. should be back, should be healthy, and you saw how much they missed him in that bowl game because Jack Tuttle made some nice plays in the Wisconsin game, but you won that game with your defense, and, and you kind of saw – he in it. <laughs> I mean, he means any any crazy thoughts, which I had heard a couple times, like on Twitter and 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 in the bowels of Indiana football fandom, saying Jack Tuttle should be a starter. No, Michael Bennett is the starter. He's the dude. That's the special player. If you can keep him healthy, yes, you lose Ty Freivogel. Yes, you probably lose Watt Fillier unless either one of those guys surprises us and comes back for an extra year that you get with COVID. But you still have have talented pieces in Miles Marshall, David Ellis coming back, a lot of young receivers, Jacoby Hewitt, uh, Jacoby Jakes as well. Uh, to where you should be fine receiving wise, you get Stevie Scott back another year. You bring back most of your defense, which is the strength of your team. Hell yeah, Taiwan Mullen coming back, who was a first team All American this year. So I mean, mm-hmm. Indiana is going to be as loaded as they ever have been. Hey, honestly, even without Fry Vogel and Fillier, assuming they both leave, as big a loss as those will be, I, I think Indiana will be a better football team than they were this season. That's the question becomes is how are they still relative to Penn state relative to Michigan and relative to Ohio state and Iowa to where, look, if, if Indiana's at its best and Michigan's at its best, it's unfortunate for Indiana, but they're still probably going to lose the game. So, so it does depend on what the other schools do also, but I think there's a very real expectation, even with that tough schedule that Indiana can and maybe should win nine or 10 games next year. Some of my favorite parts of that act, answer Jack Roseman were the fact that you were running through the Big Ten Conference and you're tying into teams like Rutgers and Michigan State and Maryland coming up and you look at the other side with Northwestern it just speaks to the depth of the Big Ten Conference and where this league stands overall as we head into next season also speaking about Tywin Mullen coming back and the fact that you can say Indiana has a returning first team All-American that goes to show that the sky is not falling in Bloomington Indiana but first cornerback first cornerback to ever be an All-American for a year That's that's a really big deal for them. (laughs) And rightfully so. His performance on the field this year, he was even outstanding in the Outback Bowl at times, despite Ole Miss's propensity to throw the ball all around the yard and gain a lot of yardage through the air. So next year's team, we have the early list of the Heisman coming out as well. And our guy as two founding members of the Michael Penix Jr. for Heisman fan club ranks 10th on that list, his odds plus 1600. But that goes to show where he stands in terms of the national college football landscape. So do you think that with Michael Penix Jr., a healthy Michael Penix Jr. back next season, IU has a shot to cap off another winning season in big 10 play. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think whereas Indiana does not have that national recognition, that national, okay, you're in, not even like the inner circle, but like we think you are a good program, yet Michael Penix absolutely has that. He earned that in the Ohio State game to where people see Michael Penix and they respect Michael Penix. Just the question is, can he stay healthy? No one knows. I mean, I mean, honestly – we do know the answer has been no, unfortunately, for three seasons. But can you finally buck that trend and play a full 12-game schedule, not get hurt, and be able to do that? Because if he can, then the sky's the limit for Indiana because they are 
a much better team when Michael Penix is in the game and playing well. We've seen that the last two games now, especially in that Ole Miss game. They they need to be able to have him on the field. It, I think that's the number one thing you learned from Ole Miss was that Indiana needs Michael Penix Jr. to be an above average to elite football team. And yeah, I think plus 1,600, those are great odds. We should take it. <laughs> take it. I'm going to drive over to Indiana place a, a little bit of a wager um, on my way to work today. But but uh, yeah, I think Indiana absolutely should have a winning record in the Big Ten. Let's see if they win their three non-conference teams. I know Cincinnati's not a gimme, but they're supposed to lose a lot of pieces off their defense, which was really the strength of their team as well. But I think Indiana should beat Cincinnati. It'll be really interesting if they win those three. And I'm saying they're going to win nine or ten games. Yeah, I think they're going to have a winning record in the Big Ten. That should be the expectation, which is still pretty crazy to think when it comes to Indiana football. There are a few reasons I know 2021 will be a much better year. One of them, we are speaking with our IU football expert, Jack Grossman, right now and still having an appreciation for Indiana football season and a bright future ahead in Bloomington, Indiana. Another one, because of the ad read I'm about to do in the jingle, I get to sing at the end. And if you know it's a jingle here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, you know I am talking about Rock Auto. Rock Auto makes everything so easy for you as you get into this new year. It can be a bright spot for you because you don't need to go through all the hassle of going to a body shop or any of that. You can get car parts directly delivered to your door with convenient self-service at rockauto.com. It's a family-run business that understands how to serve auto parts customers, and they've been doing so online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They literally have everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is so unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and the best of all, the thing that is best at rockauto.com is the prices, because the prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you here from the Locked On Podcast Network. I am so excited to do this. Here we go. Okay, ready? Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Here it is. Once again, the first one of the year 2021, the jingle for rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto, rockauto.com. Wow. It's our third and final segment. And I know we're coming back from the break, but I still can't get over how much I delivered that Rock Auto jingle. Did you hear the high note? I'm in rare form already in the year 2021. What else is in rare form? One of the best shows on the entire Locked On Podcast Network, specifically the Locked On NFL channel. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news, like all the coaching carousel from yesterday and insight on every game team and move around the national football league. Get your picks previews and much more every single weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the locked on podcast network subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That one of the best shows on the NFL channel. I humbly might say that the locked on big 10 podcast is one of the best on the locked on college channel. I hope you agree with me. If you do five-star rating review, you know the deal. And we continue on our state of the program episode all about in Indiana Hoosiers football. I love also that we are discussing a 12-game schedule. That just makes me yes. very happy to hear <laughs> Jack Grossman as well. So as we round out our State of the Program episode discussing all things Indiana football, I want to talk some of those expectations from the fan base. After the disappointing loss in the Outback Bowl, but with a historic year for Indiana football, how do Indiana football fans see it moving forward in Bloomington? What are their expectations for the future now? It's a great question. 
because before the Outback Bowl, it, it would have been as close to Rose Bowl or bust I think Indiana football would have ever been. <laughs> but but now, after the Ole Miss game, like there's still glaring issues. You have to replace King Womack, defensive coordinator, who's at South Alabama as the head coach now. Second straight year that Indiana's had to replace one of their coordinators who have gone on to be head coach, Gordon Scalin, to board to Fresno State. So, again, that's a good sign for the program when you're losing assistant coaches to being head coaches to where I think Indiana should be able to fill that gap probably internally, I would assume, because that's what Tom Allen went for the OC position, and that worked out fairly other than the Outback Bowl where that was just yeah. a mess. Like, all the wise. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Not, not the brightest, not the best time for me to make that comment, I understand. But throughout the course of the season, he did a good job calling plays, especially when Penix was in the lineup and healthy. Did a good job putting Penix in good places to succeed. But but I I don't know. It, it just, I, I, it's just hard to – See, because Indiana football fans, the first time anything goes wrong in a the season, they, they're so accustomed to just jumping the basketball mm. to where I don't think that's happening even with the Outback. Well, people are more disappointed instead of mad at IU football because of how good they were throughout the regular season. And it's just it, – it's a hard question to answer because you, Indiana's not used to having expectations in football. The expectation, like high expectations for IU football traditionally is six and six in a bowl game. Like that's high expectations for IU football. So the fan base honestly doesn't know how to handle it. There were, <laughs> because we don't know how to handle it. So, I mean, I guess if there, I guess the whole nine, nine, Indiana things going to come back, that'll be in full force again. I think that'll be a reason. If they can win nine games, be a top 15 team, knock off, of uh, Iowa. I know Indiana fans would love to knock off Iowa after uh, Gary Barta. The <laughs> I think that is a date that has been circled already to where if you win one game next year, other than, and other than the Purdue game, I think Indiana fans would be ecstatic if they go to Iowa city and beat Iowa to where if you do that, win nine games and actually win the bowl game, I think everyone would be over the moon more than happy. I can't wait to see that matchup against the Iowa Hawkeyes, the game I wish we would have had this year in Big Ten Champions Week, the real two versus two across that cross-divisional matchups to end off the Big Ten football season. I think as a guy that looks at it from the outside, from the conference overall, but who has been tapped in to that IU fan base over these re recent three weeks or so, it seems that there's some nervous hesitation based on what happened in the Outback Bowl, like, ugh, we've been here before. But I still do believe that Indiana fans look back on this year and will look back on it with a huge smile on their face for the history that was knocked off, snapping historic losing streaks to the likes of Penn State and Michigan. And it doesn't matter if those teams had down years. That means something to a program like Indiana. So I think people have some hesitation moving forward, have a little bit of anxiety, but also understanding that what Tom Allen is building is successful and sustainable, at least in my mind. And he is able to repeat that success now year over year. I hope that is the case for Indiana. Indiana football. That is our state of the program episode with our IU football expert, Jack Grossman, but he is a man that wears many hats on this podcast. And as we learned on Monday, Indianapolis will host the entire NCAA tournament. We knew of those reports heading in. It is now officially confirmed from the NCAA themselves. Indianapolis will host. There will be some games at Assembly Hall and Mackey Arena in West Lafayette as well. It will be a very exciting time for March Madness all around the state of Indiana where basketball just means that much to everybody in the Hoosier State. So, Jack Grossman, just some of your thoughts as you got that news on Monday of having Indianapolis host the NCAA tournament in a bubble-like environment. 
Oh, it's exciting. I mean, I think it's the right way to host the tournament this year with everything going on with COVID. To put it all in one site, limit travel, put it in a bubble. We, we The only thing we've seen work flawlessly for sports in 2020 into 2021 is going to a bubble. We saw that with the NBA and the NHL to where I think that's the safest way to do it. It's I think it'll be really entertaining. I think it's going to be really cool, though, to see – NCAA tournament games in Assembly Hall in Mackey and Hickle Fieldhouse as well. A lot of Hoosiers references going to come out of that <laughs> in Indy, but it, it, the state is incredibly excited about it. I know Indiana fans love to tout it. 49 states, it's it's just a sport, but this is Indiana. And, and as me, someone from Kentucky, that does annoy me from time to time because <laughs> because we're pretty crazy about the, about the round ball sport down here in the bluegrass as well. But it, it, there's not a better place, I think, for a one-site NCAA tournament with Indy, with the facilities they have, have the uh, prestige of it, the fact that the NCAA headquarters are in Indianapolis so that they don't have to travel anywhere either. I really do think it's a perfect match. And, hey, hopefully Indiana – can actually make that field and and be able to play games. <laughs> but that, of course, we talked about the Big Ten football straight. Ooh, the Big Ten basketball, man. <laughs> There's, I saw in the net today, Indiana's 51st in the net, but I believe 12th in the Big Ten. So, which is just, that, that's honestly perfect. So it, it's going to be a wild, crazy ride for the Hoosiers to see that they can actually be on the right side of the bubble under Archie Miller for the first time in four years. It'll be very interesting to see if both Indiana and Purdue are able to qualify for the NCAA tournament. So much Big Ten basketball to left to be had. And Jack, that's why we're going to need you back on this podcast. We're going to need some basketball insight from you as well. Jack Grossman, our Indiana football expert, but a guy who wears many hats for this podcast. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your insight on where Indiana fans feel about the football team. And now as we look ahead to basketball season as well. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Ben. Anytime. And I am always happy to yell about hoops <laughs> anytime. But I, I love my football, but but basketball, conference basketball season into March Madness is my favorite time of year, and I could not be more excited that we're act, that we're getting it and we're going to actually have an NCAA tournament after last year. That's why we love having you here, Jack Grossman. Always a pleasure having you on. Thanks, bud. So many thanks again to my guy, our Indiana football expert, Jack Grossman, for coming on today's episode. We will get his insight about Indiana football when we can, and we will certainly get his expert analysis about Indiana basketball now as we head into the thick of the Big Ten Conference slate. It just warms my heart hearing Jack's voice, and I'm so glad that I and you got to hear him today on the State of the Program episode, All Things Indiana Hoosiers, possibly one of our final ones discussing college football for the time being here in the Locked On Big Ten podcast, as our focus, especially after Monday, shifts to Big Ten hoops. Seven teams in the AP Top 25 that came out on Monday, the newest rankings, and then the first edition of the net rankings, which are so huge for the selection committee when it comes to the NCAA tournament and what we discussed with Jack in the bubble-like environment in the state of Indiana. Yeah, the NCAA tournament in Indiana. That's Big Ten country. We absolutely love it. But the net rankings came out for the first time, the first edition of them on Monday, 12 Big Ten teams in the top 51 of the net rankings. The only two teams that were not Michigan State, and they should find their way back up there pretty soon. And Nebraska, 
the Huskers probably won't find a way back up into the top 50. But regardless, 12 of 14 Big Ten teams in the top 51 of the first net rankings released yesterday. Again, coming up on tomorrow's podcast, a reaction to the Heisman Trophy as it is the biggest thing in college football in an early look ahead to the national championship game between number one, Alabama, and number three, our Big Ten champions, Ohio State. We get some outside perspective, a guy that ruffled a few feathers the last time he was here, I hope. We will hear most likely from SEC Drew Carter on tomorrow's episode. But until we get to tomorrow, enjoy the Heisman Trophy celebration and have a splendid Tuesday.